0: You know, a lot right. of guys talk about the nfl when you're getting you know fifty thousand dollars checks over the course of 17 weeks you're not thinking like damn i got 20 plus more weeks where i gotta you know ration out what i'm making
1: during the season tweet to episode eighty three.
2: sneakers look good huh check
1: this
2: out even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers can i get a holla holla so how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out yo that answer is easy you need to g- g- get laced with Get Lace Shoelaces. Yes, yeah, Get Lace is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.underscore. Upgrade your sneakers with a black-owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. you a, a genius, genius, man. Get yours today at GetLacelaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. Are we on that? What it sounds like to be the best This is a Black Wealth Podcast yes. Build Wealth, Invest, Own and Close the Wealth Gap It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby
1: And Raphael Husband So it's your boy Raphael Husband's co-hosts Co-founder, one half of Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast, along with my guy, Charles Oglesby, a.k.a. Top Millionaire. Still on hiatus, but tonight we have a special guest by the name of Amobi Okugo. He is a professional soccer player here in the United States and also the founder of a financial education platform by the name of a Frugal Athlete. Welcome to the show, Moby. Introduce yourself.
0: No, thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Long time coming. Uh, I'm Amobi Okugo. Uh, Quick rundown, first-generation Nigerian-American, born and raised in California, Uh, been playing soccer for the past 11 years professionally. Um, Outside of that, uh, I know you mentioned a frugal athlete. Essentially, it's an online financial media platform that promotes prudent financial practices and smart career decisions amongst professional athletes and student athletes. Uh, Outside of that, just love connecting with people, building concepts, and, you know, just, you know, trying to be a value add in whatever capacity I can.
1: Cool, cool, cool. So, so you've been a professional athlete for 11 years.
0: Yes, sir. So um, I had the fortunate pleasure of, you know, playing at a high level when I was younger, you know, youth national teams and stuff like that growing up ultimately ultimately led me to UCLA. Um, and then after my freshman year, I went pro. Uh, so I originally got drafted in the 2010 MLS Superdraft to Philadelphia Union. Uh, spent five years there, uh, signed a new contract with Orlando, got traded to Kansas City, got released from Kansas City, played in Portland. And then now the last two years I've been spending in uh, Austin, Texas, playing for the uh, second division team out there.
1: That's cool, man. Um, after your freshman year. So you did you left after your freshman year of college. Pro.
0: Yeah. So my coach always jokes about it. He said he spent three years recruiting me, but I only was there for three months. So. Uh, <laughs> It took a lot of convincing because I'm first generation. My parents are big on education, um, but the contract that was being offered and the opportunity to strike while the iron was hot, um, I couldn't pass it up. And, you know, fortunately, you know, I still completed my schooling. So, you know, it was a win-win for everybody.
1: Oh, that's cool, man. Except UCLA, probably. <laughs> that's cool. Um, be sure to follow the guest, our guest, Amobi, on Twitter at Amobi Says, A-M-O-B-I-S-A-Y-S. A-M-O-B-I-S-S-A-Y-S. You can also follow this platform on Twitter at Frugal Athlete, or is it A-Frugal Athlete?
0: I think it's on Twitter, it's Frugal Athlete. Someone got some Frugal Athlete. I don't know who it is, but I got to get that
1: Oh, uh, okay. So, Twitter is at Frugal Athlete and also at Amobi Says, like I said. Same thing on Instagram, prep.
0: Instagram's at A-Frugal Athlete, okay, you know. cool. And then Twitter is just, uh Twitter and Instagram for my personal are the same. So at Amobi says across all platforms.
1: Yeah, true. You can follow myself Raphael on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow my guy Charles, aka Todd Millionaire, at Real Todd Billion on Twitter. Okay, so let me ask you this: You got drafted after your freshman year. Now. Why do you think it is that in all these sports, professional sports, they go after these these the talent really young? But it's easy: soccer, baseball, all the other sports, they go after them really young. But in basketball, which is predominantly African, like uh, black people or African Americans, it's all about why they skip in college. They should get an education. You know, this this is wrong. But in other sports, this is no problem. Well, what do you think that is?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It's a it's an interesting concept. You know, at least with football you know they want them to stay a little bit because you know you have to develop your phys- physicality you know getting hit at that young of an age 17 18 years old
1: meaning american football man, people american and, football
0: yeah sorry yeah <laughs> american football That's that's not um that's not the best course of action so i know like you have to be at least three years removed from college to to play so you got to be at least a junior or registered sophomore or whatever soccer you know baseball you have the option you know either you get drafted out of high school or, you know, if you go to college, you have to wait three years. So their system's a little bit unique. Um, it's more of a technical sport. Um, but soccer, the younger you are, it's almost the better. You know, you're able to develop within the system. Um, you're able to, you know, kind of understand the, the, the culture, the community of the team, the style of play, all of that. And the, the fact that if you're a smart player... Yes, it's physical, but you can figure out ways to navigate. No matter your size, no matter your you know your skill set, if if you're a smart enough player for basketball, I think because the NBA and NCAA are so in tune with each other in terms of, you know, the college sports March Madness, you know, being a billion dollar uh, industry, um, they are definitely you know on the side of if we can keep the college athletes in the in that school system longer, um, it benefits the colleges because they they're all going to go to the NBA at some point. Um, but also because of just the maturity, um, you know, for the basketball players, maybe they not, may not be as mature as they need to be, you know, before going pro. But for me, from the outside looking in, I think it's a money play and a control
1: thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I, I personally think of it, I always used to think of it more like they turn into some kind of morality play when it's black kids. Um, well, in a, in a predominantly like Caucasian sports, like tennis, oh, it's no problem. Like nothing like that. But yeah. also that, that NCAA, um Connection is definitely a big one, too. You were right about that, for sure.
0: No, yeah, you you make a great point about, you know, other sports. I think with basketball, it's just so, yeah, I think it's a control thing because, and then if you have players at a younger age, you know, making the amount of money that these basketball players do, um, it's a little bit different from a control standpoint, like a leverage standpoint, you know, coaches aren't going to be able to talk to, you know, the young kid or get through their head, you know, certain things. But I think it, from from my vantage point, I think it's just a money power play from the NBA and NCAA, like controlling like who goes, who doesn't, and also from a, a standpoint of you don't you don't want not every player that's going to go one and done will pan out. So it's kind of decreasing the pot, the like probability from a standpoint of you know we're actually helping you. So like you do one year or two years in college, so we can see you develop. Obviously, you can argue that like, all right, what about tennis or what about baseball? Or what about, you know, the other sports? But specifically for basketball, um, I think that is uh, um, something that is, is definitely uh, taken into consideration considering the owners are shelling out millions of dollars to play to pay for these young, talented, uh high draft picks. But if they don't pan out, um, it hurts everyone
1: involved. Right, right, right. Now it's interesting you're talking about developing and all that kind of stuff. Um now the thing is though, I mean the present rules, I know things are starting to change now, but you know, for decades now it's like collegiate athletes could not Hold a job, they couldn't earn income while they were on the scholarship. They couldn't make money off their own likeness or anything like that. So it's really hypocritical. It's obviously hypocritical that they were making millions, if not billions, of dollars off these kids, but they waving the wagging their finger at them, talking about they're greedy. The, you know, the after riches and stuff like that. But well, these kids can't make money off their own likeness. Now, you talk a lot about athletes yeah. taking control of their brand and making money off their own likeness and stuff like that. What, what are your opinions on that?
0: No, you bring up a great point. You know, it's, it's, really, it's really tough. You know, the NCAA, the coaches, all the stakeholders except the players are making millions of dollars. So hopefully with uh, NIL changes coming into play, the players will start getting, you know, their fair share. And I know people can argue that, yeah, well, they are getting free education and all this stuff and, you know, but it's not the same. So, I uh, just wanted to point that out, but I am very excited, you know, um, that the athletes will have an opportunity to, you know, use their likeness, use their leverage, use their power, because every athlete is a CEO. It doesn't matter if you're a student athlete, uh, pro athlete, uh, minor league athlete, uh, you have the unique, uh, opportunity to leverage yourself as your own business. So, it's gonna be wonderful to see. I am skeptical. I am worried about the sharks that will now get involved um, for these athletes at a younger age, trying to get take advantage of them being able to use their likeness. So whether it's shady managers or even financial advisors trying to get in at a younger age. Um, so I hope there's an education component too. Everything that's going on, but the opportunity to make money from, like, say, hosting a camp, or being able to do appearances, or autograph signings, or, you know, you know, simple things, YouTube videos, um, is going to be amazing to see, and I'm very excited for it.
1: So, what are these changes that they're proposing are, that are coming coming our way?
0: So, some of the changes that that, that that are being proposed is the ability to use your name, image, and likeness. So, for example, if you were wanting to do a camp, you're able to monetize it instead of just doing something for free. Another way would be able to do like a podcast and say you wanna do a podcast and interview, you know, famous alumni that went to the school that you're currently representing. There's gonna be stipulations where you can't use like, I play for Michigan State um, or I play for Michigan Wolverines or I play for Ohio State Buckeyes, but you can make it known that you are a student athlete um, and you can use that to take advantage of your relationships, your network, your alumni. And then from there, hopefully, you know, find ways to make money. So whether it's, you know, using the local um, businesses to create sponsorships or using, you know, boosters are going to try to find a way to get involved uh, using the boosters legally, of course. Um, But there's going to be a number of different unique ways. Like if I was a college athlete, I'd be able to sell merch, like of my, like if I say, um, sell my own clothes with my own logo, stuff like that. So um, that's what the NIL ruling is all about. There's still things that are going to be you know, put in place. Uh, But for the most part, that's what it's about.
1: Okay, so you had a tweet where you said, or at least under the the, uh, frugal athlete um, handle, you said, gone are the days where athletes can only focus on their performance on the field. This means that athletes need a CEO mindset that can be applied to their own financial playbook. You said, one, cut costs, two, earn more, and three, optimize. Tell me more about that. How do you think this applies to regular folks too?
0: Yeah, so... You know, the thing about a frugal athlete is like, obviously, we focus on athletes, professional athletes and student athletes. But the thing about sports is that it can translate to life. So any individual can come on our site or our platform and take lessons that we teach and apply it to their own life. So when it talks about athlete CEO, you know, we break it down CEO, cut costs, uh, earn more and then optimize. So cut costs can be, you know, for example, our expenses. Obviously, COVID, you know, has been. You know, very unfortunate, but it's also been a lesson for us. We spend a lot of money on things that we don't need or things that we just don't really use. So how can we cut costs? You know, for athletes, how can we cut costs? You know, we're paying for this person, that person, that allowance, this allowance, this jewelry, that jewelry, you know, you can only drive one car at a time. So why do I need three? You know, you can only live at one house at a time. So do I really need, you know, five or maybe just, uh, you know, one where I'm staying at and then a vacation home. So where can we cut costs? And then earn more. Obviously, as an athlete, you're earning quite a bit. You know, the rookie minimum for NBA players above five hundred thousand, if not, you know, closer to eight hundred thousand. But that's earned income. One injury away, one coach that doesn't like you away, one um, GM that's trying to do something different with the team and then you're out of a contract. So how do you earn more using the, you know, the, the leverage that you have as an athlete? So, you know, we talked about NIL, so how can I do keynote speaking? How can I do digital courses? How can I, you know, leverage my platform to get into involved in, um, in different, you know, deals from a VC standpoint? How can I use the money I'm currently making and create passive income from it? You know, whether it's investing in stocks, real estate, you know, a number of different ways. There's so many ways to the top of the mountain when it comes to uh, earning more, money and letting your money work for you. Um, And then lastly, optimize. So optimize yourself as an athlete, get in front of people. You have a unique platform to do that. Um, So it's all about taking advantage of that and uh, optimizing your opportunity because you never know how long you're going to be able to play. And you can optimize playing, you know, a year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, or even three months. The fact that you're a professional athlete or ex-professional athlete or student athlete at a high level, um, that all um, that all means a lot. And so you got to optimize that to the best of your ability.
1: Right, right, right. So I like that. CEO, cut costs, earn more, and optimize. I didn't even realize that that was CEO. That's what it stood for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was reading the post and I, it, it made me rethink like what I was thinking recently, like I got these subscriptions, like some of them so small, six to $10. Like I let them run for a while because it's so small. But then I'm like, I'm not using this yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. I'm not using it. I like, don't if you're it
0: using up. it... Is it- if you're using it, it's no problem. It's like, it's, it's 6 to $10, like $60, $100 over a year. But if you're not using it over time, like, all right, that $100 over the course of five years. And like, yeah, a player that's making, you know, well over six figures, you're like, all right, whatever. If I'm not using right. it, I'm not using it. But it's just the habit of spending things in areas you don't need because that will translate into now I have a private chef, but I'm only eating two times a week. So do I really need a private chef? Or now I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And it's like, yeah, because you have the money, you're doing that, but do you really need it? And I think it just goes back to the simple thing of needs versus wants. So, yeah, so.
1: Right. And then you got these, all these little small leaks in your boat, like you're exactly. trying to get to where you need to go. You got these small leaks in your boat, and they kind of like distracting distractions, too. You know, you got to mm-hmm. auto pay, you got to keep track of stuff, man. It's, it's better to get rid of it. If you're not using it, cut it out, man. And earn more. That, that goes for everybody, whether you're a professional athlete, a regular guy with a job, business owner, whatever. Always look to earn more. Regular guy with a job, maybe you got to drive Uber or something for a little bit. I'm not saying forever. That's not a long-term solution, but you got to do what you got to do, man. No, nah, your
0: facts. And there's so many different ways to earn more too. So you just, you know, if you want to check out a football athlete, reach out to us. You know, we have a number of different, revenue generation ideas that make sense but like you said this that's right in front of our nose and it's it's a it's a unique time in history where we can definitely you know side hustles and alternative forms of making revenue are right there available to us
1: yeah you said optimize like after you start earning more like you Leverage your brand or whatever you said, like, like we're doing right now. We both have podcasts. Like, it's such an easy way now to become an influencer, get your word, get your thoughts out there, and be be heard on a global scale. Like, Tweet Talks, uh, we heard in like 27 different countries now. I mean,
0: it's amazing. I remember when you first started because I remember you tweeted, like, yeah, I was never thinking about doing a podcast. Um, And then you ended up doing it. And then, like you said, it's like 80 plus episodes in.
2: So,
1: Right. one
0: could take advice from you in, that, in, this, in this space. Okieffa.
2: Okieffa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes and we have the best customer service around the freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women, the finest shades to fit your style, Okieffa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses visit www.okieffashades.com that's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A shades.com or on IG or Facebook at Okieffa Shades or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock.
1: Yeah, so I I think I think everybody is curious, man. How do professional athletes get paid? You get paid like, <laughs> like you get a check every two weeks, direct deposit, paper check like once a month, once a year. How does that work? So,
0: yeah, so it depends. You know, so football guys, you know, they'll get paid during the season. So 17 weeks are so you getting paid for a whole year um, of 17 weeks, you know, and So the league I was playing in for the first eight years of my career our first yeah first eight nine years of my career uh we got paid you know every uh two weeks so we got paid uh bi-monthly or by sorry bi-weekly um so first and the 15th you know and then usl the second division we get paid you know on an annual basis but only during the season so you got to work it out with your team so basically if the season goes from let's say january to october you're getting paid whatever your annual salary is but only over the course of the season so you'll probably get paid until October. So you have two months where you're technically not getting paid, but, you know, you're getting paid on an annual basis. Um, Basketball is different. Baseball is different. Um, And that's the thing about, you know, contracts. You know, everyone sees what they're making, but they don't see the pay structure. So, you know, a lot of guys talk about the NFL when you're getting, you know, $50,000 checks over the course of 17 weeks. You're not thinking like, damn, I got 20 plus more weeks where I got to, you know, ration out what I'm making during the season. So you'll see a lot of guys, by the time the season's over in the off season, they have to borrow money because they spent not remembering or not realizing that, yeah, the checks are start going to stop coming. And, you know, so it's important to understand, like, your contract, your situation in relation to your, your personal financial uh, journey or portfolio or playbook, however you want to call it.
1: That's interesting like what you just said, the checks are going to stop coming and that's even when you're still playing. I never even thought about that, you're not even getting paid the whole year, so you got to make plans, but even when you're still hot and you're still playing. Now, I remember um, Patrick Ewing with the Knicks years ago. He had one contract. I don't know if it was his last contract with the Knicks or maybe his second last contract, whatever. He had a int- really interesting contract where the last two years he got the second last year he got a big balloon payment of $18 million, and then the last year of the contract he got $2 million. And I thought that was like so strange.
0: Yeah, so he probably front-loaded it. So front-loaded it when well, you could front-load your contract and then obviously if you have much, like more capital to work with you know, Uh, earlier, uh, you can do more with it, you know, using compound interest. So there's so many different stipulations and that's why it's important to, you know, be involved in your, your, your career, your financial career, whatever your negotiations, and then have a good agent, have a good team around you so you can figure out different ways to take advantage of, you know, your contract. You know, you got some guys that are still getting paid and they're 10 years removed from playing from their team. So it's all about how you ration it out um, all about how you negotiate and uh, go from there, like Luol Deng is still getting to pay five million dollars from the Lakers. He hasn't played in three years.
1: Wow. Interesting. No. Now, that kind of creativity, even on your level, like soccer is not huge in the United States. So even at top levels, it's not it's not like basketball or American football. So how creative you, you will say. You can get even on like, say your level, like uh, playing for the MLS with contracts and stuff. It's like
0: all about that. leverage. Yeah, it's all about leverage. You know, there's some guys that, you know, are able to talk about or not talk about. They're able to negotiate different structures within their, their bonus, you know. So depending on how many goals they score, um, they can get, you know, stipulations that are uh, way above the average going rate when it comes to, you know, the standard bonus for scoring a goal. You know, you can get, you know, starts and shutouts. There's different ways to talk about it. Um, I think it all goes down to, you don't ask, if you don't ask, you don't get. So, you know, you might as well ask for it. You know, when I first came into the league, I was able to get, because I signed a unique contract in that, you know, a Generation Adidas contract that, you know, enticed younger players, younger underclassmen to go pro. uh, I negotiated a, a larger stipend for my education. So the normal going rate was a certain amount But I was able to get more uh, because, you know, we asked for it. This education was something we valued. The fact that I was leaving earlier than the average uh, uh, GA um, uh, soccer player uh, meant that that they valued me too. And I had more years to make up when it came to school. So it's all about, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And then having the leverage and, you know, expertise to negotiate for what you want. So you can't just say something and not, you know, uh, back it up.
1: Okay, So without getting into like the money details, what did that look like? You, you got a stipend to finish your education, college education.
0: Yeah. So essentially the generation Adidas contract at the time, um, they do it, uh, they do it to a certain extent now to this day. Um, but as MLS and U S soccer, you know, they wanted to grow the game in terms of stateside, you know, grow and develop us talent. So, Generation Adidas is a, you know, a unique partnership with MLS and Adidas to almost entice younger players, underclassmen, kids from high school to go pro earlier. Um, So with that, they guarantee your contract up to a certain amount of years and they have an education reimbursement stipend up to a certain amount for the kids that go leave, leave school early so they can go back to school and not have to lose their scholarship or have to pay out of pocket. So that's the contract that I was able to sign coming out of UCLA and I negotiated it. Um, And the education reimbursement is outside of the salary that you're getting and the sponsorship that you're getting from Adidas. So they it was very beneficial if you took advantage of it, because a lot of players will be like, oh, no, I'm going to I'm going to go in soccer and not need my education. So it's actually free money that, you know, you're just giving away. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it worked you know have unique um different things that they do now but yeah that's kind of how it it went
1: Mm, okay i'd like to take this moment to just shout out the uh the the sponsor of the show for shades they have the finest shades to fit your lifestyle get lace laces because premium kicks need premium laces and also pure body company for all your all-natural body care needs now I like to get into what we call black billionaire banter and (laughs) talk about real quick. So there was a story uh, from last year, uh, LaMelo Ball, who's a rookie now with the the Pelicans, I believe. He signed uh, a, a contract with Puma, Puma basketball, you know, and it says worth uh, like about a hundred million dollars. Or will be worth a hundred million dollars. And I thought that was really interesting. I saw you talk about also uh Neymar, the popular uh, yeah. was it Colombian football player. Uh yeah, Brazilian. Uh, what did I say, Colombian? Oh, Brazilian yeah. <laughs> Brazilian soccer player Neymar. Uh, he signed the biggest individual uh sponsorship deal in sports sponsorship history. He's getting paid like twenty three to twenty-five million euros a year after he was with Nike for 15 years, but he just ended it prematurely and he talks, just You
0: gotta do his best for you and your family. Yeah, you gotta go.
1: Puma's right. giving you that much money? bye Yeah, a Lululemon for that much money. <laughs> so I saw you talk about that deal. So what do you think? What what do you you talked about what you learned from that deal. Like share with us.
0: Yeah, so for, you know, someone as big as Neymar, um, you know, especially, you know, his relationship with Nike, you know, over 15 years, you know, they've, you know, they've been sponsoring him since he was like 14. Uh, so for him to go to Puma, it only means a couple of things. Obviously, the money was different. And if you look at Nike from a soccer perspective, they have, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. And he's probably like one of the most well-known superstars in the world. Uh, if he goes to Adidas, they have Messi. He's probably the greatest player, soccer player of all time. So Neymar to, you know, create his own like kind of lane, you know, every, every shoe brand, every apparel brand has that, like that marquee guy and Neymar for as good as he was, he wasn't the marquee guy. And, you know, they have young player, he has younger players, you know, his own teammate Mbappe, who's like kind of like the next one up uh, from a Nike standpoint. He saw, I don't want to say he saw the writing of the wall, but he saw the fact that he can, um, take advantage of what Puma is offering. Leverage, creative control, money, opportunity to be the face of a brand. Um, All those factors. uh, Did I mention money? (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah. And he got got the money. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's it's nothing, you gotta take that deal. And I'm sure he would do it again. They gave him his own line. Like he has his own Neymar line, new logo, everything. So yeah, I think it was a great deal from that standpoint. And it's something that a lot of athletes could take note of. You know, you don't have to be with the Nikes. You don't have to be with the Adidas of the world. So you can go with New Balance. You can go with Converse. You can go with Puma. You can go with the startup brand. You can make your own brand. There's so many different avenues to take. It's all about what you want to do and uh, and then do the right, take the right steps from there to go about it.
1: You just reminded me of Dwayne Wade. He went with a Chinese sneaker company. Yeah,
0: at Ling Nang. Yeah, he's killing it. He and he's been with a, a number of different brands. He started out with Jordan, then he switched to Converse. I think he might have went to Nike and then ultimately he went to Li Nang. And Li Nang was a, you know, a unique partnership in that they gave him a lot of cash. I think even some equity and creative mm-hmm. control. And he's been able to carve out a whole new demographic uh in the China market um right. because of that. And I think it's amazing. I was able to do a case study on his uh like his whole business empire when I was did something at Harvard. So you know, I, I really like that story and I'm glad you brought it up.
1: Yeah. And he's still, he's still in, in business with them, even though, oh, he's yeah. He's,
0: yeah. That's a life, that's a lifetime partnership.
1: Yeah. So, like, you got to go where you get equity, like, and I said this before on the podcast, if you're switching jobs, you might want to think about a job that offers stock options and will give you some kind of equity in, in the company, especially if it's, a start, if it's a startup and it's hot and they're going to give you some equity to join the company. You might want to jump on that, you know, and yeah, it's not far-fetched what, uh, that you could get rich off, off holding some stock in a private company right before it, it blows up.
0: That's true. That's what DeAndre Hawkins said. You know, he said, what he say? He said, equity deals only. You know, uh star wide receiver for Arizona Cardinals right now. Uh, you know, athletes are thinking differently when it comes to ownership instead of just getting paid, you know. So that's what it's all about. And that's kind of the new wave. And hopefully as athletes more and more athletes get involved in the space, they you know, they're just educated in the process.
1: Now we've talked on this podcast before about how ownership is key for especially for black folks, man. Now, Neymar's not black, but I, I still think his I whole- think he, has, he has some he has some African
0: roots. Well, he's Brazilian, so
1: he—that's not far-fetched. Yeah, you know, yeah. but <laughs> his whole deal. Thing we could still learn from. And you said you did mention something about his logo. Was it Neymar with the logo? His logo issues switching from Nike yes. to pull. had to get him up with a new logo. It's yeah, totally had to come out house. with the new logo. You touched on that because he has some kind of legal issues with Nike and taking the the, the logo for, with, with him.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of (laughs) Nike. Nike. If you're an athlete, you got to watch out for Nike when it comes to logos. So Roger Federer had an issue with his logo. Uh, Kawhi Leonard had an issue with his logo and then Neymar. So um, if if you are working with an apparel brand and they make the logo for you, they own it. So it's not your logo to license. It's not your logo to trademark. So I suggest if any athletes are listening to this podcast or anyone that's working with athletes, come with your own logo before you work with the brand. If they wanted to like, you know, work together to make a logo, find a way to make it in your contract. This logo is mine to keep and you guys are just contracted to make uh to work for it. Cuz the ownership in your logo, the ownership in your trademark, the ownership in your phrase, the ownership in your name, that's something that you can take from A to B to C to, you know, Z. So if I want to work with Nike, I don't have to make a completely different logo. Um, versus my Adidas one. You know, if I work with Adidas or if I work with Reebok, if I work with any of these brands, because it's my logo. But if Nike makes the logo for me and they own it, they can use it long after I'm done playing, long after I've switched allegiances. And that's not good. Like you talk about ownership, you got to own what's yours. And your logo is something that is yours. And Neymar, unfortunately, actually fortunately, because his new logo is a lot better, but he couldn't take his Nike logo um, with them to Puma.
1: You think he has ownership so, in this new one?
0: Uh I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't uh-huh. think a lot of athletes are like. I don't think a lot of athletes are looking into like the, their logo as a way to, you know, monetize or a way to protect themselves. But I, I don't know. I think Puma. I Puma. I think Puma was more than willing to give him the. They probably maybe like they have a deal where he's licensing licensing the logo out. Um, I think he definitely learned from his mistake or his experience right. with Nike.
1: Pure Body Company formulates
2: an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co.
0: focuses on providing all-natural handcrafted products for all people. At shoppurebodyco.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to
1: keep your skin soft, visit shoppurebodyco.com. And remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. And it was so interesting when I saw you talk about that because I remember like maybe like five years ago, I was talking to some lady about, she didn't know anything about it, but I was talking about the Penny Hardaway sneakers that like came back in style. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling her like, you know, uh, I was explaining the whole name, Penny Hardaway, how it was like a nickname. <laughs> and I said he had one of the best logos ever because it's number one. And it had like the scent sign. And I was like, for Penny. Yeah. I was like, that was clever. And was like a play on words, too. Yeah. And I and I was, but when I, when I first saw him come, come back at the start, I was like, the first thing that popped in my head, I mean, after I was like, oh, there was a bat. It was like, one of the first things that popped in my head was like, man, I bet he isn't making money off this. And I bet he doesn't own that logo. Yeah.
0: That's so tough. You know, it's really unfortunate.
1: And she was saying, yeah, he's probably, you know, he's probably a smart guy. He probably, he's probably making money out of it. Probably his, I'm like, trust me, he probably doesn't own that. They just, you know, just using the the logo and it's probably not his, so they could just do whatever they want with it and just write the popularity Mm -hmm. and just making money. I doubt he's making money, Well, he might be making money, but not like what he should be. Yeah. I doubt he owns that logo. So what made you create a frugal athlete?
0: Uh, so I wanted to see roadmaps of athletes that were doing it the right way. You know, I saw the 30 for 30 Broke documentary and I was really uh, motivated to not only avoid that uh, that that road. But I wanted to find athletes that I can like use as role models for, you know, how are they smart with their money while they were playing, how they were able to leverage their career for uh, success after they're done playing. And I didn't really find that. Obviously, you know, you have the LeBron James of the world, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, Tom Brady, Serena Williams. And those are athletes, those are anomalies. You know, not every athlete is going to have the success and career of those those, those athletes. Um, but there are other athletes that, you know, you can emulate. And obviously you could take principles from those big athletes and apply it to your own financial playbook. Uh, But I wanted to have like a Rolodex outside of the occasional Forbes article, the occasional CNBC article, and kind of have like a database or ecosystem of, you know, valuable content of different athletes. And this is where you can come and learn about financial concepts, financial literacy, you know, athlete roadmaps, all through a frugal athlete. So that's kind of how it started. Started as more of like a passion project, and then ultimately, you know, formed it into a business. And then from there, that's kind of been what it's been about, you know, for this uh, last four, four or five years. Mm.
1: So you about halfway through your career when you when you started this?
0: Oh uh, yeah, I was like yeah, so halfway through. Yeah, it's like so, my sixth year. I'm gonna leave.
1: So what made what 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 set you out on this search? Like was it? Did you like? <laughs> Pop a tendon, pull a hamstring and say, you know what, this might not, this isn't going to last forever. I need to really start.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, really, I saw the 30 for 30 Broke documentary and I've Mm -hmm. always, and I was like, at that time in my career, I was like starting to get into some deal flow and like look at different things from an entrepreneurship space and this is just like the timing was just perfect um so i had like i mean we already had free time and i was doing school but at that time i had just like i basically like was done with school so i had more free time in terms of my bandwidth and i was like always i was always going to start a business i just didn't know on what and then that with everything that aligned i was like all right let me do this and see where it takes me and then the feedback was positive and then i was like all right like we could possibly do something out of this and that's kind of how it all transpired
1: Oh, wow, that's cool, man. That's cool. Did you um? What do you say is spending habits? Now, like you say, you're you're you play for Major League Soccer in 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 that league. You're not. I'm guessing. I'm not counting your pockets, but I'm guessing you you're not you're not playing with guys that have hundred million dollar contracts. And
0: no, no, the uh, I mean, no, not hundred million dollar contracts. That's for sure. But we got we got guys that have been you know. And make them make good money you know millions of dollars um but the average isn't like the minimum for an mls player is, is nowhere near the minimum for uh you know right. one of the top four leagues hockey baseball nba football you know
1: right so you do you do have people making millions so so you're still seeing like lavish spending even uh on, on your level from average. oh yeah
0: i see lavish i see lavish spending from people that can't spend lavishly <laughs> You know, so it's really unfortunate. You know, the the stigma as a professional athlete, uh, some folks think they have to spend the money because that's what athletes are supposed to do. Like, you know, you're supposed to live a certain persona like I have this, I have that. I'm comfortable, but that may not be the case. You know, imagine, you know, rookie trying to spend like the star player on the team. You can't do that. You know, you got to like at least make it to your second contract before you kind of spoil yourself. And obviously you reward yourself, you know, from time to time, but within reason, I think I tell everyone that I, you know, come across like within reason, you know, if you can't buy it twice, you shouldn't probably shouldn't buy it, you know, things like that. Understand why you're buying it. Would you buy it, you know, like, would you buy it and keep it for five years? Or is it just like for the moment, like different things like that, just to keep your mind working. And it's not just to say hoard everything, just don't hoard your money, but there's, there's use, give, give money a purpose, you know, just don't just buy to buy. That's my, that's my biggest thing.
1: How hard is it to get, You, you, did you, once you got on this journey and you started to learn some things, did you try to teach your teammates?
0: Yeah. So that's what a fruit wealth is all about. So if they're tapping into the podcast, the newsletter, the blogs, the video content, the social media channels, they'll learn for sure. If they want more hands-on approach, we do do financial coaching and consulting. We're not at financial advisors, so we're not going to tell them. What to invest in? Although I would definitely love to. Um, I'm not trying to get sued, and I do not want to put that burden on anybody else. Um, and then we do speaking engagements and workshops. Um, so if they tap in, you know, we're always willing to be a resource and then uh, to put them in touch with the right people that can help them take it
1: one step further if they're willing and able. That's cool, man. How hard is it to get the rookies, man, on board?
0: It's tough. You know, you got sometimes you got to just do the hot stove treatment. You know, you tell you tell them that's you know the stove is hot, but they still want to touch it for themselves. So you want to just do it within reason, you know, you don't want them to, you know, completely burn themselves, but you know, maybe they have to go through that motion or the that that experience of like, damn, I maybe shouldn't have spent money on that. Or damn, I really, you know, I, I lost on the out on that deal. And then that's kind of where it's like Moby um, has been talking about a football athlete like having this mindset, like let me tap in with him. Obviously, if we can get him the earlier the better, but yeah. sometimes you have to, you know, sometimes you have to do that. Like you're not gonna tell a kid. Uh, you can only eat vegetables, vegetables. Sometimes, you know, in order to get them to really eat their vegetables, you got to let them eat dessert too. So, you know, that's mm. that's kind of our concept.
1: Yeah, sometimes we got to just realize that you can't save everybody and sometimes you got to give people, you know, they, they have their own timing. You exactly. Know Everyone has their own, their own journey when it comes to that. So, you know, you, you can't stress about it, man. They, they come around when they come around. And you're going to lose one or two every now and then. Well, yeah. uh, I see Puma is is getting really aggressive out there, man. They're going after the <laughs> basketball market now. <laughs> they're coming
0: after everybody, man. I don't
1: everybody. know where the money's
0: coming from, but they're coming out to everybody.
1: Man, they made like six billion last year, or was that 2019? They did like six billion in sales. Like, I mean, they're strong in Europe. They're strong overseas with soccer, so yeah. you know, they got, but, a good,
0: they got a large Africa presence too. Yeah, they do a good job. Someone that Puma come holler at me. It, you know,
1: <laughs> I mean, they were out of basketball for twenty years, and then they decided to jump back in. They got Jay Z as a creative director <laughs> for basketball. Gave Jay Cole, a rapper, his own shoe. It's like,
2: yeah, <laughs> there's the lifestyle, like the
0: lifestyle aspect of it. That's like was really growing. You know, Adidas like really, you know, came back into the scene with that. Puma is following that footstep. I think Reebok, depending on what happens with their situation. They need to do that. And then you saw Under Armour. They didn't do that and they are greatly affected.
1: Under mm, Armour. Made some money with them on the stock club, but that was then. Got <laughs> out of that. <laughs> <Cut> out of <laughs> he it.
0: said that was then. This is now.
1: <laughs> right. You gotta go with what works, man. You gotta jump you gotta jump up when when jumping is good. Like, we just yeah, see uh, LeBron James left Coca-Cola after being with them like 18 years. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. Switch to the enemy, Doobie. you give it to
0: Pepsi. Yeah. Hey, you gotta get with the times, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean you know
0: if you don't evolve, you know, you're dying.
1: Evolve or die. is yeah. a smart guy, man. I'm not sure if he got any kind of equity, but I know he's getting money.
0: No, he got it. Yeah, he definitely got a partnership in conjunction with um with Blade's Pizza for uh, Yeah, that's Pepsi the one.
1: Pepsi B. That Blaze Pizza deal is pretty good. He got to be equity in the company. He has to own like he got he owns like two stores. And they say they're the fastest maybe growing maybe even more. Say he's the fastest, the fastest grown, growing, uh, fast fastest growing fast food franchise out there. That's crazy blaze pizza have one in my city pretty it's a good it's a pretty good product too you think so yeah Yeah. okay i've had
0: it i think i've only been there like
1: once i've had it it's pretty good it's pretty good it might be a little a little pricey for some people but not really i mean (laughs) it's a good product i definitely stand by that it's a good product blaze pizza check it out folks If you've never been for sure so a frugal athlete what do you guys offer for like regular folks For regular folks, um, hopefully,
0: you know, examples of, you know, athletes that are doing good things with their money. And then Mm -hmm. essentially we we hope that because athletes are natural trendsetters, we can help the regular folks. I hate saying that word because it makes folks seem regular, but um, hopefully through that, you know, we'll begin to think better about you know our financial literacy, you know, personal finance, money management. So we use like different stories from an athlete perspective, from a sports perspective, you know, more often than not, people know their sports. So how can we do that to teach financial literacy? So for example, you know, how come you need to be diversified like a general manager will pick a team? A general manager is not picking eight lebrons when it comes to building out a team. So you shouldn't pick And the essence of, you know, you got to balance out your, you know, your, your, your financial portfolio. So whether it's real estate, alternative investments, VC stocks, uh, bonds, mutual funds, you got to diversify it like a GM would, you know, so we use athlete stories and examples to kind of, you know, hopefully, you know, drive home different financial topics. You know, another one is like, when it talks about credit, you know, you know, in elementary school, you know, there's always that one kid you let borrow a pencil, you're never getting it back. So, <laughs> what does credit mean in that situation? You know, so different things like that. Um, where if you go to a football athlete, we're teaching, you know, personal financial concepts in a different way. It's not just some guy from a bank telling you, you know, you need to save this because it does that and it does this by the time you're 65 blah 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 like nah that stuff's dead now you got to get some entertainment aspect to it you got to have education first and foremost but at the end of the day you got to relate and that's what we do Um, not only using my own personal stories and my personal experiences but athlete examples that we all see on tv and we
1: all know So that's what it's all about that's cool man um and what can what can we see coming from frugal athlete
0: uh, more courses, uh, courses, speaking engagements, content, you know, we're doing content all over. Um, uh, we're on clubhouse. We have a weekly room on clubhouse. We have a weekly podcast on all, uh, wherever you get your audio podcast, um, a football athlete podcast network, uh, YouTube content. We've got it. We're, 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 increasing our YouTube content this year. We're getting on TikTok, um, mm-hmm. uh, but mostly Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, those are our platforms. And then, uh, website,
1: www.afugoathlete.com that's cool man so just want to leave them with you had this one tweet i want to ask you what you meant by this you said it's better to be ready than early
0: oh yeah so um i think a lot of people uh we we're so we need everything now 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 and sometimes something will come to us and we're not ready for that moment so in the hindsight and i'm not saying i always and i made a I made a point to add to this, this doesn't mean like wait to start something. I'm saying sometimes things that come to us, we may not be ready for. So it's better to be ready than early. So if I want something that I think I can get it now, I think I can get it now. Not saying I shouldn't start to go towards that, but I'm saying like, it may not come to me until, you know, next year or five years from now. And that's when I'm ready. Instead of being early and I'm getting like, you know, uh, discouraged and I ended up quitting or something happens, but it's better to be ready in the sense of you know God's timing is the best timing.
1: okay that's cool man now I, I said really quick what I learned from you tonight man like you know you got diversified but I would say before you diversify you got to focus focus on one thing like an athlete they spend like 10 plus years focusing on a sport and then they invest their money and diversify that's what the big boys do that's what LeBron did that's what the all the greats did and also that athlete CEO method CEO cut costs earn more and optimize tell the people where they can find you brother before you head out no
0: once again thank you for having me uh at Amobi says on all social platforms uh um at a athlete on instagram at frugal athlete on twitter um www.afrugalathlete.com if you want the personal uh business website I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Clubhouse. Adam Moby Says as well. On TikTok, Adam Moby Says, like whatever platform you um, look at, i will probably there in some capacity.
1: Cool. Thank you for coming on, brother. This is Raphael with Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast. Special guest at Mobi Says of a frugal athlete. We are out. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes, this is Donald The Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk Podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com and if you have podcasts or video editing needs let's talk and of course i'm give you a real real nice deal but you have to mention that you're a tweak talk podcast listener and this offer isn't gonna last forever so if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content come and holler at your boy